All right, well, good morning and welcome to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee and I'm lead pastor here. And I want to uh, just welcome everybody both here and watching online. For those who braved the, the cold, wintry weather, we're glad that you are here with us. Um, there is a QR code that you're going to see on the screen, and through this you can connect with us. You can see what's happening, what's coming up, and there's also tabs for you to connect with us. Um, I do want to uh, highlight just there's a lot of stuff coming up, so I will talk shortly, briefly about a couple of those. But if you want to know more, again, the QR code, everything's there. Uh, we are doing a resupply drive. Um, as you know, we are right next to Cider Ridge Elementary. Um, you might not know this, but last year we actually recognized as a community partner just for the things that we've done for the school. Um, their secretaries like put our name in the running, and we were chosen as a community partner last year. So because of the support that you guys did and the different drives that we had and ways that we helped them, um, we have this nice little plaque that says we're community partners. So uh, we want to continue that relationship, continue to try to bless them, and just let them know that we care about them. So we are doing what's called a resupply drive, uh, things that their teachers need, things that they're short on. And so over this next month, we're going to have uh, a table set up in the lobby, and we have a list that, of things we're collecting. Grab that list when you're out at the store. Uh, grab a couple of things and bring that in. Um, they were just, I remember the last, last year we did this, and they were just extremely uh, blessed by the fact that we'd care enough to do this for them. And so hopefully this next month we can collect a, a good amount of stuff and, and bless them again. Um, also, next Sunday is a special Sunday. We have an ordination uh, service uh, for Chrissy Bontrager. If you guys know, she's uh, oversees a lot of the press kids stuff and, and really helps a lot of our family things. But they we're going to have a special ordination service next Sunday. So make sure you're here for that. It's going to be great. And then we're going to spend some time after service just hanging out with some things. But uh, make sure you're here. And then on the 28th, so the week after that, so you guys can't miss the next couple weeks, just so you know. You guys aren't smiling like, <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, the 28th after service, we're going to have just an all-in meeting. If you call Press Church Home, or if maybe you're new and you just want to learn more about what's happening, we're going to have a meeting after church to let you guys know how we ended last year financially, some things that we have for this year, and just ways that, that you can connect better with what's happening here at Press Church. So make sure that that's on your radar, the 28th be there after service. And then finally, ladies, at the end of February, we have the IF conference coming up. So I'm not going to give you too many details on that, but just to put it on your radar, uh, February 23rd and 24th is going to be the IF conference. It's a women's conference. Highly recommend you do that. So put that on your calendar now that you're going to be going to it. Um, and you can talk to either uh, Chrissy or, I mean, I know a little bit, but she's probably better to talk to for that. Um, but put it on your calendars. And then lastly, giving. Uh, we can't do any of this without your support. Uh, so, again, through the QR code, we have a text-to-give number um, that we can use. I think we, yeah, there it is. Uh, text-to-give, we have a box back exit that you can put your financial gift as well. Um, it, it's, again, it's, it's through all of us together uh, coming, being generous, that we're able to do the things that we do here. And so we appreciate your support and appreciate the way God uses your generosity to bless this community. All right, Crazy Train. Uh, this is a series all about relationships. Uh, really about how we interact with, with God and others. Uh, and in this series, we're working through crazy indicators that might be adding to the craziness in your relationships. Uh, we're really asking the question, how can we have healthy relationships that more resemble what God wants for us? Um, and last week, we started with uh, we unexamined expectations. 
uh, mostly of God? What are our unexamined expectations of God, and how, is these, how are these things playing into unhealthy relationships and really unhealthy expectations of other people? Um, we really need to think through the lenses in which we uh, see both God and others in. If we expect God to be a certain way, how does that impact our life? And really, it's in the end, it's in intentional spaces of reading Scripture and praying and, and seeking, uh, it being biblical community that we, we have our expectations of God mature and grow. Um, I know last week, one of, the, one of the challenges was go to God with your expectations. You know, actually pray. You know what I'm saying? Spend time and say, hey, you know what, God? I'm upset about this. I don't like this. I don't like where I'm at. I thought it would be different. Um, and a lot of times we just don't even go to God with those things. Well, this week we are jumping into expectations of others. How are our unexamined expectations of others causing craziness? Unexamined expectations of others in our year. The pastors get together, we jump in the car, and we talk about the message for the day. So let's watch this week's car video. New week, new hat. Same sweater. New phone, who dis? Who dis? <laughs> yeah, speaking of relationships and uh, communication yeah. issues, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which, it all ties in together, right? But as we talked about last week, there's these expectations that we may acknowledge or not acknowledge, which is the bigger issue, right? Yep. If we don't actually realize that these expectations exist, starting with God, and then mm -hmm. that actually passes through yeah. to uh, everything else. Right. There's a similarity to um, our expectations of God to, and then how we relate to others in the same way, like, we receive grace from God. It's like when we understand our grace from God, it's then easier for you to live out a, a graceful life to others. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like uh, in the relationship to expectations on God, when your expectations of God and that, when that gets healthy, it's easier to have healthy expectations of other people. Mm -hmm. um, it builds a grace, strong humility, communication. Right. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Because if I've received grace from God, it's just easier to show grace. Yeah. And, yeah. And when then, you recognize what's yeah. needed from, for yourself, yeah. it's like, oh, well, other people need that as well. Right. Yeah. And the whole point of this series, it's, it's about the crazy train, <laughs> acknowledging that it exists and getting off the crazy train, right, right, which right. means there's a cycle that we're on yes. that we don't even recognize. Like we're playing into it. We have these expectations on other people in our lives, whether it be our spouse or our children or our friends, those kinds of mm -hmm. things. We want them to behave in a certain way. And a yeah. lot of times we're just so upset that... <laughs> They won't do what we want them to do. Right. You know? It's and, like they're a whole nother person. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> and we do, like we talked about a little bit last week, we have to dig in on where did our expectations come from? Have we fully examined yeah. like, the things in our childhood and the, the conditions that we grew up in that created these standards, mm -hmm. these ideas of, mm -hmm. of how one connects with another one or behaves? Mm -hmm. And we're still living out of that, maybe uh, in an unexamined way way mm -hmm. and that's spilling over into first our relationship with God yeah. and our, then our relationship with others mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah examining expectations is 
one of the hardest things to do because you have to pull back so many layers mm -hmm. before you can truly, you really need help doing it. I mean, I, you know, it's not something you can just do on your own. I was going to say, that's, you know, we talk about getting in a relationship with other people. So yeah. much of it, you learn so much by being around other people because you realize, oh, you don't think that way or you don't, yeah. that, okay. And you, you start to see some of the discrepancies in the way people live, not in necessarily a bad way, but just in, it allows you to open your eyes yeah. to, oh, it's so much to easier to see the behaviors in other people than the ones in yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because, uh, you know, we can look at somebody else about, oh my gosh, they like, they say these <laughs> kinds of things or they spend their money like this or they do whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you see all those things in their behaviors and like, you know, but you rarely recognize yes. Yes. In the ones own. in your own. Yeah. 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 We all have blind spots and that's when you get around other people that can, that can call you out, call out those blind spots or at least right. that's at least where, make you aware of them. Right. But that's where, you know, living, you know, with commun in community, living with other believers, people who are going to encourage you, you, you begin to hopefully see some of these blind spots that we have in our expectations because that, like you said I think a lot of our expectations are so deep and so ingrained in who we are we don't even see them mm -hmm. yeah. for, as we might not even realize their expectations first off mm -hmm. but we also probably are blind to how unhealthy they are for our relationships we're so far back in the crazy train we have no <laughs> idea who's driving <laughs> i honestly you know we talk about uh we talked about how it's very important to examine your relationship with god before you know you yeah. and that impacts the relationship with others but yeah. i don't know and maybe i'm just a cynical person <laughs> no but i don't know how one cannot be holding on to God in relationship with others because people are freaking crazy. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> and so, like, like, and that goes for me, too. I oh, admit yeah. it. But the thing is, is like, man, you got to have God yeah. in your life if you're going to deal with other people. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. this world is a crazy place. It is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think we can all say amen to that, right? Amen. Amen. <laughs> you're allowed to be vocal, by the way, when I'm when I'm like teaching, I know we're like all like nice reserved people. Like you're allowed to interact. It's, it's okay. As long as it's positive. No, no, no heckling, please. Uh, so we're talking about crazy indicators, right? We, we said these crazy indicators in life. And, and the crazy indicator this week is crazy expectations. Okay. Crazy expectations. Unexamined expectations leave room for crazy expectations. And they're crazy uh, not because we're crazy, although we are a little crazy, but they're crazy because of what they produce in our relationships. They create tension. They create anger. They create resentment. They create feelings within us where we want to just get back and we want justified and we want all these things, and they're crazy because of that. Uh, you might have a good reason for having it, you might have a really good reason for having that expectation. That doesn't mean that it doesn't cause or create unhealth in your relationships. So, um, on my honeymoon, and this is going to be, this is PG, don't worry. Uh, on my honeymoon, uh, I remember the first night, we, and again, it's going to be PG, don't, just, just, Bethany's like squirming because I didn't tell her I was going to say anything about it. So, I remember, and she probably knows where I'm going with this, and she's, she, it's funny. Um, so, we get... We had a honeymoon. We're in Hawaii. It's night, you know, first day we get in. And I, I go and I just, I go to cuddle up, you know. I, I want to be close. I like, I'm, I'm a physical, I like, I like being close. And so we sit there for about, you know, three, five minutes. And she goes, 
I'm not going to be able to sleep like this. <laughs> She's like, can, can, can we kind of go to our sides in the bed? <laughs> and I was like, what? What? I, just, I, thought, you know, I thought we would cuddle. I thought this would be, you know, we're finally married. We finally share a bed together. It's like, oh, what? We? She's like, I, no, no. You're not going to be, I, I can't have you touching me. Well, <laughs> and it, it, I felt a little hurt, right? I was like, I was kind of sad. I, you, I had this expectation that we get married and now, you know, we're just going to be next to each other. You know, we're going to be cuddling. We're going to, and um, I, I just, I just made it. We didn't have kids yet. You know, it's not like there's a big excuse, right? It's like, hey, we're on our honeymoon. Um, <laughs> here, here's the problem with the majority of our expectations, it's all about me. That's, that's one of the biggest problems. It's, it's, it's about me. I didn't once ask Bethany before we got married, hey, are we going to, like, cuddle, you know, to go to bed? <laughs> and and I, this is so trivial and so small, but it, it points out the fact that I did not even think about how she may feel or what she may even desire. It was just about me. I wanted that. I like that. I'm a physical touch person. I like to cuddle. But most of the time in our relationship, in our expectations with the people we have relationships with, we are not lensing it through them. It's only me. What I want, what pleases me, what brings me happiness. And it may not even be bad or wrong. But if if I love Bethany, if I care about Bethany, if I care about that relationship, then I'm going, it's, it's going to make me think about the other person. It's going to, what they desire or want is, is going to play in, into that. And so if we don't allow ourselves to think of others with our expectations, they're going to continue to be crazy. They're going to cause issues and trouble. And, and ultimately we do that. We build expectations that center around me. When I find a spouse, everything will be better. I'll finally be happy. And so if we get a spouse and they don't make us happy, it's, there's tension. When we have kids, we're going to raise them right, and they won't be crazy like those other people's kids. My friends will always include me in what they do. I'm never going to see pictures online of people doing something without me. My family's going to understand every decision that I make and celebrate it. And as long as our expectations are met, we're good. I'm good. Everything's great. And as soon as they don't, what happens? And then there's expectations that they don't necessarily seem selfish, but are still just focused on me. Like this. They're going to end up cheating on me. They're going to end up hurting me. They're going to forget about my big day. They're going to leave me out. And with these expectations, even if it doesn't really matter if it hasn't happened yet. Because we hold on to them knowing it's going to happen. I'm going to get hurt. They're going to do something. They're going to do something. And then when it does happen, we'll be justified in that expectation. I knew it. I knew that was going to happen. Each of us are carrying around expectations of each other. 
each of us carrying these things, and we wonder why relationships are so hard. It's all this, all of us. We have these selfish expectations that suit us, that please us, that serve us, that serve me. Now, there's no one, like, verse in Scripture that, like, lays out this, like, really nice, like, godly outline of expectations that we can follow. But there is a foundational principle at play here that is talked about in Scripture. We see this principle in the New Testament, and it's the idea of living by the flesh or living by the Spirit. You may even see it referenced as new self versus old self. And so if you want to follow along today, go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 5. And it says this. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the spirit. But let me start that again. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. At the heart of our expectations, our crazy expectations, is a mindset on the flesh. It's a mind not in the spirit. It's a mind in the flesh. And, and so we see Paul explaining something very simply. This is what we see in these verses. Flesh brings death. Spirit brings life. I think we have a slide for that. Flesh brings life. Spirit brings death. Anybody have any coffee for me? <laughs> Do you ever have those days at work <laughs> where you mess up really badly? This isn't quite as bad as when I messed up the Lord's Prayer, but it's close. Some of you guys were there for that service. Let's say this again. Flesh brings, yes. spirit brings, yeah, we're missing an S too. So we're just, we're, I didn't catch that earlier. This, this whole section, flesh, death, spirit, life, over and over again, we get this picture of, of what's going on. A lifestyle of flesh flows from a mind oriented to the flesh, whereas a lifestyle of the spirit comes from a mind oriented to the spirit. In the most basic terms, what you follow will impact the direction of your life. I, I know that seems like overly simplistic, 
what you follow impacts the direction of your life. It's like, you've probably heard that phrase, you know, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Who you hang around with, it, it impacts you. What your mind focuses on impacts you and your decisions. And through this, this whole section, Paul's talking about your mindset. Your mindset is this, the basic direction of your will. It's your convictions. Uh, one commentary, I, I love how it says, it says, your heart attitude. Where is your heart attitude? That core, that inner part of you. That's what steers you. That's what steers your decisions. And so, if we don't have this mindset, this heart attitude focused on the spirit, focused on God, we're being directed by our flesh. And so, what is actually living by our flesh? Because it it sounds kind of like a bad thing, right? We probably don't want that. We don't want death. We want life. The use of the word flesh in these verses represents a condition that's very natural to people in which God and the spiritual realm are left out. It's, it's not just this idea of like fleshly desires. It's, it's literally us keeping God out. Us not including him in what we're doing. Last week, we worked through Jeremiah chapter 29, and in, in that section, there's, there's a verse that talked about, when you seek me earnestly, you will find me. How, how many of us are actually, like, earnestly seeking God in our lives? Earnestly seeking God to be a, a power in our lives, a presence in our lives, And so this idea of flesh is the fact that we are going through life, we are going through our weeks, we are going into our relationships, not even thinking about God, not including him, and not understanding the spiritual nature of our lives. So I'm going to ask you a question. What what if the answer to being in life-giving relationships was as simple as including God in our lives? In verse 6, Paul states that a mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Sign me up. I, I want that. I want that part. I want life. I want peace. And if you've put your faith in Jesus, you are promised the Spirit of God. Are we stepping into our day-to-day lives with the recognition that the Spirit of God is there to be a help for you? That the Spirit of God is there to help you in your decisions, in your relationships, in the ways that you are living your life? If I'm living out of a mindset that is governed by the Spirit of God, then it is going to impact every part of my life. It can't not. And, and that's, it's crucial for us because for us, we have relationships to deal with. That's one thing that we all have in common. We have relationships. A big part of our life is, is surrounded with, with people. And we've mentioned how all of us have crazy expectations. We have all this baggage and all this stuff. And if we aren't including God in those interactions, if we aren't saying, Spirit of God, I need you to help me, then we are only adding to the craziness. 
it is going to bring death. It's going to bring things that don't bring you life and don't bring you peace. I want my relationships to bring life. I don't want to be at strife with, with my wife. I don't want to be in strife with my kids, with my, with my parents, with my family, with coworkers, with people in my life. I don't want that. I want my relationships to bring life. And I want my relationships to bring life for others. I want their relationships to me to be something that's actually fruitful, that helps them in their relationships. I don't think any amount of self-help books or like try harder mentality can replace what only God can give, what only the Spirit of God can do in our relationships. And it's only with this help that we can set aside these crazy expectations and cultivate a life and relationships that bring peace, that bring what Romans 8 talks about, this life and this peace, is through the Spirit of God in your life. It's, it's fascinating to me, and, and, and I don't like to just make assumptions and generalizations, but we have all these people, less than used to, but all these people who go to church, and they'll, they'll go on Sundays, but then the rest of their week, you would not know that they have a relationship with God. We'll, we'll come, we'll, we'll check the box, we did the good thing, we went to church, and then we miss out on the Spirit of God in our life the rest of the week. We don't pray. We don't seek God. And again, we wonder why these, these relationships that we're in are causing so much tension. Is because we are living solely out of the flesh. And again, it's not just this like carnal thing. It's literally saying you are living these relationships not including God, not including his spirit. And what do you expect to happen? So here's what I want to do. I want to talk about some practicals. What are some practical ways that we can step into these relationships and have God help us with expectations? Because we're going to have expectations. We're going, we're, we're in relationships. So the first one is this. Practice gratitude. When was the last time that you thought about the thing that you were actually thankful for? In your relationships, the person that maybe you're struggling with the most right now. Who, who is the person that you're struggling with the most? What is something you can be grateful for from that person? And, and maybe, maybe there's nothing right now. Give that to God. Again, all of this through the lens of living in the Spirit of God. How do we allow the Spirit of God to lead our gratitude? What is something you're thankful for? Gratitude shifts our focus away from what we don't have to what we do have. It shifts away from something of what we want to something that we have. Practice gratitude. The second one is this. Initiate communication. I mean, any, like, relational thing. It's, you got to communicate. And, and this is, again, all of this through the lens of the verses we just talked about. 
if you are going into communication and, and talking with people that maybe you have strife with or maybe there's some tension, you must trust God in those communications. You must trust him. It's only through these, these times of communicating it, that we actually find these expectations. If we don't verbalize it, we don't know it's there. It's like Relationships 101. You, you've got to bring it out. You've got to talk about it. And I think done properly, if we, if we communicate properly, we could even express to a loved one that their expectations on us may be a burden. It, it gives you room to talk about the fact of, hey, how you're treating me right now is creating this. This expectation you have on me is creating this. Now, don't call it a crazy expectation. That might not help the conversation. We just had this message, and we're talking about crazy indicators, and you've got some crazy expectations. Yeah, don't do that. That probably won't start the conversation off very well. That being said, though, I, I want us not to focus as much on other people's expectations, but the expectations that we put on others first. We're really good. You know, we're, we hear these messages. We're really good about pointing to the other people that need it. <laughs> oh, Man, let me tell you, my mom would, oh, she, would, she needs to hear this message. I don't need to hear it. She needs to hear it, right? Man, my friend, my husband, what, my kid, whatever, maybe they need to hear it, right? Not me. I want us to th think about us for a second. Start, start with me. What are, what are the expectations within me? That are, that are causing some strife and communicate that. One of the things I love, Bethany and I have a new rhythm that we've, that we've put in place. On Thursday nights, we turn off our phone, we put our phones away, we don't watch anything, and we just, we just do like a checkup on each other. How are you doing? What's going on? How are you feeling? What are you celebrating? What are you afraid of? What do you, and we just ask them in, just intentional questions. We communicate. And it gives us room to talk about those things that you don't really usually like to talk about in relationships. Because I don't know about you, when I'm blindsided by an expectation or by something that I, I get defensive. I'm going to be honest. You can ask Bethany. I get defensive. I don't, I don't always like being called out. And so what this does is it creates a weekly rhythm where we know we're going to check up on each other. And we're going to be honest with each other. And say, okay, what, what's going on? What do you need from me? How do I love you better? Initiate communication. Find those spaces where you can have a real conversation. And again, I don't want to oversimplify. There are people in our lives who this is going to be extremely difficult and or impossible to do. Like, I, I, don't, I don't want to oversimplify this. I know within this room there are relationships that would benefit you initiating healthy communication that is spirit-led, that is desiring to bring health to a relationship. And the last one is this. Seek godly wisdom. Give me, give me a minute. I know, I am, running, I am running late. I know. Seek godly wisdom. In James chapter 1, it says, if you need wisdom, it says, ask God and he will give generously. 
I believe this is, this is like one of the first steps in including the Spirit in our lives. This, this desire for the Spirit of God to, to help us. God, I need wisdom. It's like this recognition that I can't do this on my own. I need your help. And I, I know we're terrible at asking for help. I don't like to admit weakness. I don't like to admit that I need something from somebody. But, and this is like, at the base level, admitting to God, like, I need your help. And so often we don't do this. Again, we, 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 we think about it in our heads and all this other stuff, and we, and we don't actually take time to pray and see God and say, God, what would you do? I'm in this, and I think this answers and helps with some of these difficult relationships that we be in. Like, there may or not be a good answer. And God may just say, stop and pray, and there's nothing else that you can do. The communication's been had. The talking's been had. Everything's happened. Allow God to give you that wisdom. Allow him to speak there. I believe these, these practical steps really live out what we've been talking about. It, it includes God. It seeks God. It allows him to be at the center of what we're doing. Living by the flesh brings death. Living by the Spirit brings life. I want life. I want peace. I want us to be, I want our relationships to bring that. But until we put God at the center, and Dylan, you can come up, until we bring God at the center, we're going to struggle. We're going to struggle with that. Because, and, and I can just speak from experience, I am a selfish person. I want what pleases me. It's about me. And until I give God that room, until, until I seek his wisdom, until, until I allow his spirit to work in me, I'm, I'm working from that selfishness. I'm working from that space that, that only helps me. And it takes two to tango, as they say. It's a relationship. There's people. They have emotions. They have hurts. They have pains. It's complex. Which I think all the more supports this idea that we need God to help in our relationships. Practice gratitude initiate communication, seek godly wisdom, seek the spirit in your life, and see your relationships have life and give peace. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your presence in our lives. And as much as we sometimes forget to include you and forget to allow you to speak into our hearts. We, we know you're there. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you that you are with us. And God, I, I pray for all of us who have put our faith in you, God, that, that, we would, that we would seek you, that we would seek the work of your spirit in our lives and our relationships, God. God, I, I pray that that maybe in this week that, that, that we would be working through and examining these expectations that we have of others. 
and that, that hopefully we can get to a point where these expectations aren't creating death and aren't creating strife and aren't creating these emotions and these tensions, God, but that, that we would give you our expectations, that we would allow you to work in that. And God, I pray that we would see that, that peace and that life in the relationships that we have. We admit that we need you. We admit that we need your help. God, would you be present? We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand and join us. Let's just continue to worship and thank God for who he is. Let's worship.